Welcome to Mankato's City Stream, a podcast about city happenings. Welcome to Mankato City Stream. I'm your host, Adele Fiedler. Today we're with Michael McCarty, Assistant City Engineer with the City of Mankato. Today, Michael is going to discuss the Riverfront Drive Demonstration Project. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Adele. Thanks for joining us on Mankato City Stream today to talk about this important project. First, can you provide some history about the Riverfront Drive Corridor Study to help us understand how we got to where we are today with the project? Sure. Um, a few years ago, uh, as a joint um, corridor study with uh, Blue Earth County, um, Minnesota Department of Transportation, and the Mankato, North Mankato Area Planning Organization, a full corridor study was undertaken for Riverfront Drive all the way from the intersection at Woodland Avenue down by uh, CHS up to uh, Highway 14 intersect interchange with Riverfront Drive. And it was broken into several segments um, okay. to look at uh, various improvements that might be needed along the way. So the segment that this project focuses on is, is segment three or the Old Town section. And one of the recommendations that came out of the report was potentially testing a three-lane section for traffic operations and uh, parking um, within that uh Old Town segment. And so the uh, demonstration project that we have planned will will convert the road from Plum to Rock Street as a three-lane section to provide some real-world data and feedback on how this might operate in anticipation of a 2024 construction project. Okay, so the work itself has actually been uh, ongoing for quite a while to get to this point. So a lot of study engagement with the public, um, back to the business owners in the area, and then the trucking industry uh, really was undertaken before the team decided to move this forward. Correct, correct. We've contacted a lot of the road user groups and, and businesses to try and determine what operations are, are necessary and where we can optimize this kind of trial to make sure we get the best data and feedback from the from the actual road user to tailor the recommendation to the council for the improvement. Okay, and you mentioned this is a trial, so that's probably important to hit on too, that it's really just testing the options that were developed based on um, public input and, and information gathering. Correct. There's min minimal physical improvements being made as part of this project. Uh, there'll be a lot of temporary um, paint, planters, um, some tube delineator type things that are going to be installed, but they're not not changing curb lines, not removing a lot of pavement. The the one more permanent thing or, or construction that we're undertaking is to put a refuge median in at the intersection of Spring and Riverfront Drive to aid in pedestrian crossing um, in a second location away from the existing signal at Elm. Okay, so really just testing everything out at this point. Yep. So let's talk a little bit more about the Riverfront Drive demonstration project itself. Now that we've got a little bit of the history you shared, what is the team looking at as part of this project? Well, the goal the goal is to measure uh, several variables to, to determine what we're considering success, or at least get data back from the traveling public and, and the, the businesses and, and operators in the corridor to determine if it's practical and feasible to move forward with this type of, of road section. And so the first thing we're going to be looking at is speed through the corridor. Um, there's been a lot of anecdotal um, feelings that at certain times speeds are very high in the corridor. So what we'd be looking for is that the speeds start to approach the posted limit, which is 30 miles an hour, but not drop below that posted limit because we realize there is a large amount of through traffic and, and certain neighborhoods use this as their primary connection to other parts of our community. So while we want the speeds to be safe, we also want them where they should be so we continue to move traffic at a at a efficient rate through the corridor. 
Um, one of the other things that we hear a lot about is potential um, lack of confidence in crossing the road at various points. Uh, there's currently one signal in the corridor at Elm Street. Okay. Um, so there's a limited number of, of positive control or, or higher order crossings. We do have a, a RFB, but it's not the best possible one that we could have at Spring Street. And then the rest of the intersections are uncontrolled, um, at least for pedestrians crossing Riverfront Drive. And so what we want to do is evaluate um, at Spring Street specifically with the median driver compliance with the RFB and pedestrian comfort as well and, and get some feedback from pedestrians that they find um, convenient, safe routes and increase their confidence when they're crossing the road. Uh, we'll also be... Oh, can I step in real quick? Can you explain what an RFB is for listeners who might not know what that is? An RRFB, excuse me, is a a rapid rectangular flashing beacon. And so it's it's an intermediate um, pedestrian safety crossing device. So your crosswalk kind of being your your lowest end or your simplest one where you either have the two parallel lines or the big white squares as you cross. Mm -hmm. A full traffic signal kind of being the high end of pedestrian safety because you're obviously controlling the full intersection. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of that middle ground for, for higher, um, higher traffic roads. Um, maybe where you don't have quite the high pedestrian load, uh, intermediate pedestrian load that would warrant a signal. Okay. And so it's to alert drivers as they approach that there's a pedestrian wanting to cross or in the crosswalk and per state law, a pedestrian has the right of way in any marked crosswalk. So it's to aid in driver compliance with state law. Okay. And so just to give um, kind of an example, the one by the Civic Center on Riverfront Drive, would that be an yes, example? Yes, okay, that's a good one. Um, also, uh, for those who might travel Warren Street up by campus, there's several on there um, oh, yeah. on War in the Warren Street corridor up by uh, MSU. Okay, thank you. So a couple of the other things we're hoping to look at um, is the travel time through the corridor. This also goes back to the fact that many people use this as a, as a primary route to and from either their home, their business, or just when they're out and about. And, and we want to minimize the, the travel time by increasing it by no more than 30 seconds through the corridor so that we're not adding, especially for a commuter, you know, over a lifetime, that could be a, a, a reasonable amount of, as, as people point out, a reasonable amount of time. So we want to be respectful of people who need to get somewhere as they go through this go through this corridor. Um, one of the other things too is, is that we're not diverting traffic off of this road into the neighborhood. Um, several projects have been done over the years to kind of return the Washington Park neighborhood more to a residential feel uh, by, re by removing the uh, one-way pair on Broad and 4th Street and uh, putting some additional traffic control and traffic safety items in there to help the neighborhood reclaim its its look and feel rather than being a corridor to move traffic from downtown up to Madison Avenue as it was 40 years ago. Okay. And so we'll be measuring uh, traffic that uh, mostly on 2nd Street because it would be the primary diversion route and, and best access route from Riverfront Drive that we don't increase the um, amount of traffic by about 30% or overload 2nd Street, if you will, by putting too much traffic on there because people are not enjoying their their drive down riverfront down drive. riverfront so um and the last thing is or i guess we have two more things uh, one is crashes just to make sure that the new section isn't is isn't any worse than uh this the history of the four lane section that's out there um but maybe that it gets better and because we're only going to test it for somewhere between nine and twelve months um it's somewhat difficult to prove or disprove but 
we just will monitor that and can can do some data analysis to kind of determine if the rate is within what it is today or if we're improving it. Um, and the last thing is public input. We'd really like to get, you know, somewhere between five and 10% of the people that, that operate on the road to reach out to us and let us know what they think, whether they mm-hmm. like it, they don't like it. If there's a little tweak we can do to make it more successful um, or if we miss something. And, and so we're kind of looking to get, you know, over 1800 responses from the general public to truly get that feedback and, and be able to form that recommendation to the city council by, by hearing how people are experiencing this change. Okay. And you had mentioned um, traffic and speed about how many vehicles are on riverfront drive daily. So we have around 17 to 18,000 cars on an average day that go up and down riverfront drive. So quite a few then that really use that corridor to either get to work or to get to downtown businesses. Yes. It's one of the busiest roads in Mankato. Okay. So why is conducting the demonstration project important? Um, there's a, uh, construction project that we're, um, tentatively looking at in 2024. And so it, that's the opportunity. You only really rebuild a corridor like this, maybe every 50 years. Um, so this is the opportunity that when we make that in a large investment in the infrastructure and the pavement of riverfront drive, that we get it right, if you will, Mm -hmm. and make it successful, not only for today, but for the future. Um, because it is a very expensive, uh, disruptive, and impactful thing to, to do construction on a roadway like this because of the volume of traffic. Um, so we just want to get honest feedback and real data on how a major change may affect this road before we go out and do anything drastic or, or expend millions of dollars on a construction project um, that maybe is detrimental to the operation for the long term. So really dotting the I's and crossing the T's before um, breaking up the ground there and moving forward with a big project. That's correct, yeah. Uh, what are some of the benefits that you see from this project? Uh, the benefit from the demonstration project is is to get real-world feedback from folks and really be able to see it not only from how the public interacts with it, but how it affects people's experience with businesses, how the manufacturers and freight haulers in the area are able to interact with a new road section and how our uh, public works staff is able to perform operations, especially snow removal under a different regimen than what's out there today. And so it really gives us the opportunity to, to not just kind of use best engineering judgment to understand what might happen, but to really go out and experience what we're doing to get um, a real answer on what we're doing. Right. And so you had mentioned it's a nine to 12 month long project and then you're testing um, even the ability for snow plows to go through that corridor. So it's not going to be a quick summer demonstration project. It's, there's actually time being invested into seeing how well or how not well this is going to work. Correct. Yeah, we'd like to carry it through March to May of, of 2023 so that people can see what the impact is from um, winter weather as well, since winter is still a thing in Minnesota. Uh, so can you describe, I know it's a little bit more difficult in, in this type of format, but what will the project look like as things start getting put together for the demonstration project? What can um, motorists or pedestrians expect to see? So the, the project will end up being a three-lane section, which is uh, one lane of through traffic in each direction with a center turn lane or a left-hand turn lane um, from start um, starting at Plum Street, traveling north, and then returning to the four-lane section uh, once you pass through the intersection at Rock Street. Um, on the outside, uh, usually where the white line is on a road, we'll also have uh, what we call tube delineators to help provide a little bit more 
um, visual barrier and potentially represent okay. the edge of where a road would be. And there'll be parking available for folks uh, currently like it is today on the east side of the roadway. And then we'll also put some city planters and a little bit of landscaping in the space that's being created uh, between the curb and the available parking to provide some visual aspect of what a reconfigured roadway with landscaping, um, trees, flowers, that types of thing would be available for folks as well. And the, the primary change uh, is that Spring Street will actually pour a small concrete uh, median and install another RRFB sign uh, to aid people in, in crossing the roadway there. So they only have to contend with one direction of traffic at a time. Okay, so the team is trying to get it as close as possible to what it could potentially look like if it would move forward and even having that landscaping in place, giving that almost full idea of what people can expect. Yes, yeah. We want it to look and feel like a project, not like a construction zone okay. because people do react different with orange cones. So there won't be any orange cones or barrels or signs out there once we're complete. Okay, thank you. And what are the expected impacts of the project? Um, the impact is, uh, from our standpoint, is to gather the data. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're, we're looking forward to seeing is, is as we've uh, studied and, and hypothesized, what are the outcomes? Are they true? Uh, does it, do, do people's behaviors and expectations conform to what was expected? Or do people find something different in the way they want to interact with the corridor? And most importantly, if you do find something different or you find something enjoyable, that they reach out to us uh, either through Every Voice Mankato or through mm-hmm. our 311 staff to provide us that input so we can understand how it's affecting all the users out there. Because staff has limited exposure to, to people, and we really are counting on people to uh, reach out to us and let us know what they think. Right, especially the ones using the road daily, because like you said, staff isn't going to go out there and drive back and forth necessarily to try to figure it out. We really need the public public's input. Uh, what can the community do to give their input? How, how can they provide it? Uh, there's several ways to provide feedback. Um, one of the probably easiest and most universal is using everyvoicemankato.gov. Um, there's an interactive map along with a um, comment section that you can you can mark where uh, you like, dislike, or, or maybe if there's an improvement that we should be considering in addition to the types of things that we're testing with this project. Um, you can drop off comments or mail them in to the city of Mankato and the address is at 10 Civic Center Plaza in Mankato, Minnesota 56001. Or you can reach out to the city at any time using our 311 or our main number at 507-387-8600. And one of our customer service agents will uh, chat with you and, and can collect your comment for us to add and study as part of our, our project. Okay, so really a lot of ways that people can give their, their input if they want to. Yes. Yes. So what are the next steps where as we get the project launched and it's going to take nine to 12 months, can you briefly highlight what uh, people can look for over that time period? So our, our main next step is the actual installation of the demonstration project, um, doing all the necessary installation of striping, um, delineators, planters. Okay. Um, that's one of those things where it's Going to be close to a game time decision because working with road paint is very weather dependent, uh, depending on the rain. And even sometimes if the humidity is too high, it can make it challenging to, to do that work. So staff will work closely with a contractor on that and, and our public information staff to let people know um, where we're sitting with that and, and have message boards out so that people driving up and down the road will 
have the best possible timely information on when that closure is. Once the roads open, um, there's a series of um, traffic counts and observations that will be conducted throughout to kind of uh, ground truth and collect data to understand what the numbers are. And then always encouraging that feedback from the general public to continue to hear how it affects people, what they like, what they don't like, so that we can present a well-rounded recommendation when it comes time to um, do the construction project. Thanks for sharing information about this important topic, Michael. Please make sure to check out more about the Riverfront Drive demonstration project at everyvoicemankato.mankatomn.gov. Thanks for joining us on Mankato City Stream. This has been the Mankato City Stream podcast. For more information, visit our website at mankatomn.gov or call 311 or 507-387-8600.